Pitsill Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Foray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on till they can't ignore you. Put it out for the Wigan Warriors. Some brands choose to buy recognition. NGK would rather work for a living. Time after time, track after track, season after season, the engines that continually propel NHRA teams to victory often rely on NGK spark plugs. From factory stock cars to the top fuel class, we put our name on the line. And when we finish first, which happens a lot, we go back to work. Why? Because sometimes recognition can come with a price, but actions always speak louder than words. We earn it. We own it. That's what matters to us. NGK Spark Plugs, since 1936. What's up, West Coast Cam? Dude, I'm back. It's happening. Back in action. Can't, nice I can't believe somebody, again. liar, can't believe somebody didn't break into your garage, steal your microphone and headphones, and say you are off the show. You've been gone so long. I mean, I have seen the numbers in the past two weeks, and they looked a little low. I'm just saying. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no uh, yeah. No, it's good to be back. Um, had a little vacation mode sorry for everyone that uh, had to miss i had some things going on personally i got to welcome my beautiful baby daughter to uh the world uh, miss blair rose foray is uh, home and well finally um she had a little bit of a vacation stay and in, in the nicu for a little while and got to deal with some of that but she's all good now and she's petite and tiny and four pounds but she's rapidly gaining so it's all good all right before i start talking about the fact that your entire family can all four sleep in uh, two sets of bunk beds based on how how <laughs> twin, short twin you beds. are just one absolutely beds. absolutely well we're very glad that you angie healthy blair and jet gets to be a big brother everybody's back home in huntington beach uh enjoying themselves and let the journey begin enjoy the ride my friend and oh yeah welcome to having daughters Oh man, yeah, it's it's crazy because she looks so much like Jet that like when I hold her and stuff, I'm like, holy crap, this is Jet. Like, cause she just they have the same facial features, and she has a huge head of blonde hair, so it's really cute. But yeah, with that being said, too, Jet is like the super big brother. He loves the fact that he's a big brother, and he's doing a really good job. So aside from us not sleeping, things are things are things are well. Other than Angie's crazy labor, I mean, everybody keeps talking about that so i guess i'll touch on that real quick yeah she had like she literally went into labor at 3 30 we drove to the hospital in newport got to the hospital at like 4 30 she got upstairs i'd like kick her out of the car made contraction and the valet dude took her up to the upstairs i because they wouldn't valet the car because of covid life i guess whatever um <laughs> and so i bust in the door and she's like they're like we got a seven we gotta go we gotta go and literally, she had the baby 20 minutes later with no doctor, no IV, no meds, no nothing. It was called what they call a precipitous labor, I believe, which is a very traumatic labor. 
But literally pushed once, and yeah, she almost fell out on the floor. It's pretty crazy. Did you get the sound bite for, hey, my water broke, Cam, I got to go? Uh, well, her water didn't technically break till she was walking to the hospital bed, so it broke all over the floor in the in the room, but she didn't quite make it to that. I'm just, dude, I'm so glad we didn't have it in the car. I did not want to clean that up. That's all I'm saying. I told Angie, I was like, thank God. We would have bought a new car for sure. I, yeah, That would have been worse than a drunken night in the Uber um, where you got to pay like a $300 cleaning fee. So I hear. Yeah, um, I was going to say, how do you know about that? It's got a couple friends that have had to pay it. It wasn't me, I swear. <laughs> Hashtag not fake news. All right, this week at Racers and Riddle Cars <laughs> podcast, we are going to welcome in a real media professional in the world of motorsports. And as soon as we get done with the week wrap-up, we are going to ring that professional up. But we got to talk about what happened the last week. Big sponsor news, NHRA side. Angel Sampe is no longer on the sidelines. She is riding a Vance and Hines with Mission she's Foods. Ri- she's literally, yeah, with Mission Foods, which is really cool because they're coming back into drag racing. They, uh, they had a little stint um, with one of my previous team owners before I used to drive with him. Larry Mears used to be sponsored by Mission Foods, so that's pretty cool that they come back into NHRA. And I'll tell you what, I mean, good for Angel because I got to say, that lady has resurrected her career. Like, I wish I knew what she was doing because it's impressive the fact that she's retired like five times, not on her account. And she just keeps coming back. Like, just like, hey, I'm done. Yeah, no sponsor. And then boom, like five weeks later. Oh, just kidding. Um, I'm just going to start racing for the most dominant team on the planet. You guys cool with that? Okay, cool. Ready, break. Here comes another championship. Yeah, for sure. And and right now, we'll get into into the whole Vance and Hines, Matt Smith debacle later on. Uh, But that was interesting this week in social media if you watch that play out. Two big announcements in the world of pro stock in the NHRA side. Dallas Glenn, who's always been a crew guy, is getting going to get his chance to hold on to the steering wheel and pull some well, levers. He hasn't, for, he hasn't always been a crew guy. He's a bracket yeah. racer. He's from the West Coast. He he can wheel a car. And uh, which he, is, he's got some yeah. stock, super stock. He can hit the bottom, but this will be his first first foray into holding onto the steering wheel. In actual no. competition, because I do believe that he has been at Mooresville breaking in tires on occasion, so I don't feel like this is going to be a huge earth-shattering deal. Uh, but I think Dallas is going to be one of those that's going to be a solid lever up front. And Silver State and Rad Torque jumping on board with him. I believe right now the tentative plan is for Dallas to hit four events this year, but he's still going to be the car chief for Kyle Koretsky and his large announcement of Lucas Oil coming on board and Kyle unveiling the nice red, white, and blue colors for Lucas Oil. Uh, Brandon Bernstein making that announcement uh, late last week. Oh, you just kind of slipped that in there? Yeah. What? Brandon Bernstein? <laughs> you like that? Give, 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 hey, give, give B squared. I'm I just going to put this right here. If you Just do what you want with it. I'm just going to lay it right there on the table. Yeah. Hey. You're not even going to talk about that. You're just going to skip right over the fact that, you know, Brandon well, Bernstein is now employed or what? Well, there was not, there was not an official announcement. Yeah, but that's why people listen to this show, Don. Hello. I'm just saying, 
that Brandon Bernstein is the new, right, director of motorsports for Lucas Oil. And I think that's awesome. All the way across the board. Brandon Bernstein, back. You're going to see him at the racetrack more often. All the way across the board, from World of Outlaws, NASCAR, ARCA. I mean, Brandon, I mean, he's got one of the best last names in the business. And away he goes. So, yeah, yeah. we'll wait. We'll wait for the official PR, and we'll pump up Brandon some. But we are going to get Brandon on the show. Yes, we're going to get Brandon on the show here soon. Uh, The other big announcement, I think that – I I shouldn't say that it was – I think if you're in the marketing world, I don't think it should have caught you off guard. But Anthony Alfredo and Dude Wipes uh, signed on, and they're going to be with Anthony as he is going to make a full pull in the NASCAR – cup side so he'll be on the premiere series later on which is interesting and i've seen i've seen dude wipes on jr todd's helmet a few times so it's interesting yeah. that they picked nascar but that's cool good to see that uh there's companies uh, jumping into the racing platform so well Kudos. and let's I, we're gonna short sell this because we this is wednesday evening that we're recording even though the show is going to drop on saturday uh, let I got cannot let these go by. One last night. If I know you're not a NASCAR guy, Cam, but the Bush Clash, I've social media, Twitter, everybody was all ramped up about it. People were hating on it because of the dirt and this and that. And all I can tell you is, is that for 35 laps, my wife and I sat on the edge of the couch because it was truly. Way cool to watch those guys who've had no practice drive by entries on the racetrack, uh, sliding off, doing landscaping work. Kevin Harvick and a couple of them, you know, have bright futures in cutting grass at Daytona uh, without a shadow of a doubt. It was a great deal. My wife and I yelled that when Chase Elliott and, and Blaney went in, to the to the front stretch to go into the last turn uh it was on like donkey kong there was no way either one of them was, were winning the race and they did not disappoint it was awesome it was great so for those of you that are out there that are like the i guess you would say naturalist or purist of nascar and the bush clash and you just wanted to be the pole winners and 20 laps and and so forth i mean that's cool i grew up with that but last night that was awesome. That was way cool. I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the race almost as much as I enjoyed Clint Boyer and Jeff Gordon in the broadcast booth. That is going to be a comedy show for the rest of the year on Fox. I don't think – I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that they probably told Clint he cannot drink beer before he comes into the broadcast booth to work, but his personality shined. Last night, it shined on Twitter after he got done working and went out on social media. I'm, I'm just looking forward to hearing him and Jeff going back and forth on the season. I just, it was an awesome deal. So, um, totally up with that. And, of course, NASCAR's back. Daytona 500's this weekend. Anniversary again. Uh, two decades for Dale Earnhardt. I am looking forward to the Daytona 500 this weekend, qualifying later on tonight that we're going to I'm going to watch as soon as we're done with the show and um yeah I'm pretty excited racing is no, kicked off pretty, I, thank god because I tell you I feel like such a loser over the weekend which I feel like a loser all the time but um anyway so everybody I was 
working on something. I forget what I was even working on. Um, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, the game, the game. My, my mom and my brother are like hardcore football fans. I don't know squat about squat when it comes to football. We all know this. And they're like, oh, yeah, some, they're referencing the game. And I just thought my mom and brother were playing what their fantasy, whatever, like typical football. I know it's somewhat football season. And one of my students actually asked me, he's like, so are you watching the game this weekend? And I was like, no. He's like, you're not going to watch the Super Bowl? And I'm like, hmm, that's this weekend? Yeah. Super Bowl, man. Super Bowl, Super Bowl. And I'm like, yeah, I'm probably not going to watch it. Got nothing. <laughs> I got a newborn at home, dude. It's not going to happen. But I did watch like eight minutes of it. So I did my due diligence, but not interested in the football. But I will say that Tom Brady dude's kind of a bad dude. I mean, I don't know. I mean, everybody hates him or something from what I understand, but it's pretty cool that he's once he's like 40 some odd years old, 43, I think. And he's won that many Super Bowls. That's pretty cool. I don't care who you are. Well, I will tell you that I will tell you that I watched up until the third quarter, and that was it. Um, I'm a Panthers fan. I'm from North Carolina. I was pulling for the Kansas City Chiefs and not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I do not want to listen to Bobby Bennett from CompetitionPlus.com because he is a diehard. I do believe he was there when Tampa Bay uh, landed as a franchise, as a fan. Uh, he has been showing off on social media some of his old uh, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers apparel that I do believe is from the early 80s and how that material is still holding up. I have no idea. Uh, but Bobby is a big Buccaneers fan. Bobby, I know you're going to listen. Kudos to you. Congratulations to the Buccaneers. But just remember, you had to go get Tom Brady and Gronkowski before you could win the Super Bowl. So just want to make Speaking sure. Speaking of that, that dude, out. I don't know if you follow Barstool Sports on Instagram, but that dude is a party animal. <laughs> I love it. Who, Gronkowski? Like, yeah, there's all these videos on Barstool oh. about there's like some big parade or something they're doing in the Keys in Florida or somewhere. And he's like got the, is it the Vince Lombardi trophy? Is that what yes, was when you it's yeah, the okay. Vince. Oh, See, God. I know something a little bit. I was thinking like the highest. Oh. But I anyway, guess we will not like, get Barstool Sports to sponsor us. Yeah, he, no, he's like <laughs> drinking like White Claws, literally, or some sort of seltzer. And he's doing like handstands on top on the side of this boat, like with the trophy, like trying acting like he's dropping in the water. I don't know. It's pretty funny. Like, good for that guy, man. Good for him. Like, Dude, he has a very interesting story. I like in grad school, like he was like a, a case study. If he like he spent none of his money none of his football money he only lives on his endorsement money that he gets he i mean he's like a very humble individual i mean some of the the things like that do, that does not make it to the public eye social media wise right foundation giving back to the community impacting just the human race that stuff, of course, does never makes it to TMZ, right? But but Gronk drinking a beer and partying makes it. It's on the headlines of, of TMZ, right? Of course. So, but he's a very interesting cat, and so uh, yeah. Again, kudos to him and Tom. Um, I mean, they are. I mean, it's Brady. I mean, hell, let's go get Brady. Bring him to Carolina. Let's see if we can't get a Super Bowl in Carolina. <laughs> Just saying. seems to be seems to be the plan. Seems to be the plan. Seems to be. Days. That's it. Well, all right. Well, let's jump off here. You and I are done trying to fake being professionals. Let's get somebody that actually is a media professional in the world of motorsports. 
and bring them into the show. This week, joining us on Racers and Rental Cars podcast, we are bringing in the one and the only Hannah Newhouse from the world of NASCAR, ARCA, podcast mrn i mean you may have heard her actually in a walmart telling you touch up yeah yeah i mean she might have been telling you there was a sale going on in the meat department she is totally open to grabbing a microphone and announcing for anyone anywhere anytime give her a call hannah are you there yeah, I am. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, I think I'm going to explore traffic reports here in the next, uh, you know, the next couple That's a months. That's Yeah. Uh, just about anything I, yeah, like I said, anything I can get my hands on. Hello. Yeah, <laughs> see? She's, she's, she's breaking the news here, ladies and gentlemen. So if you guys do live in the Carolina area, you will be hearing Hannah bring you the latest and greatest information about them highways. Or what do you call it? You call them interstate? I, no. I call them uh, highway there? freeways. Yeah, see, but you're are you a West Coast person though? I'm from the Northwest originally. Yeah. Yeah, see, you see, she knows what's up. We it's we have this debate all the time. It's, it's either the, interstate, the 405. Or, yeah. <laughs> do you say that? Okay. Do you say 405? I know we're off topic here, but that's just what we do here at Racers Rental Cars. But do you like when you're getting on the freeway? Do you say, "Oh, I'm going to jump on the highway," or are you going to say, "I'm going to get on the 15 or the 405 or the 59 or I don't even know what's in Carolina now." Um, I mean, I definitely reference them when I say I'm going somewhere. I'll be like, yeah, I'm getting on 485 up to 77 is what I'll do. But it's not the 485. No, it's not the. I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm getting on the highway right now or I'm getting on the freeway right now. And he's like, oh, okay, sounds good. Like, you know, depending on where I'm going, I'll say where which one it is. But I do just say freeway or highway. Freeway is good. I definitely don't say interstate. Yeah, see, that's good. See, she's got a point there, but. She doesn't say the before, so it's she's kind of losing some of her West Coast luster. I, I'm getting on the 5 to go to the 405 before I cross the 15 and go say, the... <laughs> being in Idaho, too, and where I grew up, we had one freeway that took us anywhere, and it was I-85, and that was it. So you just got on 85, and that was the only one you could reference. There was nothing else. So if you were on the freeway... You were on 85. That was it. <laughs> freeway you were on, yeah. Hell, I got to get on 17 freeways in order to go 12 miles down yeah. the road to get to work. So. Same yeah. now, uh, but. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, 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 Hannah, thank you for coming by the show. And hopefully some of our listeners have listened to you on your fill-in roles over at Dale Jr., the Dirty Mo Media on the door bumper clear with those gurus. And we are going to pull from your media professional tonight and tug and let you share how you grind and how you ended up where you are. Cause you are a true media professional. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I call my, I would, I can even consider myself a media professional because I feel like I'm still, I I'm still trying to get somewhere. You know what I mean? Like I'm still trying to get to the top or I'm trying to get the next job or, you know, the next full-time deal or whatever it is. So I look at the people that I work with and I mean, I'm, I'm the baby when it comes down to it. You know, I work with people that have been in the industry for as long as I've been alive. Actually, we love him. My co-host on NASCAR coast to coast and honestly the door bumper clear guys too. They all make fun of me because I was born in 1997 and Kyle Ricky, my co-host started with the network in 1998. 
<laughs> so they, uh, I definitely, I definitely get uh, roasted a little bit for being the young one, but um, it's cool to be obviously working with networks and you know people that I grew up listening to, and a lot of people did for that matter. Well, so let's jump up to that point, right? Because you've got a degree in journalism. You went to school for that, media relations, public relations, right? I am try- you, the name of your college escapes my mind. I apologize for that. But you went to school for it. Like, I mean, Cam went to school for auto body. I mean, I did not. You know- well, yes, I kind of did, but I also got a degree <laughs> in marketing too along the way somewhere in there. But yes. <laughs> so, well, I so mean, he- <laughs> I was going to say, I want to I I go ahead and just correct you there before we get any farther into that. I actually went to school at Boise State for marketing and business got two years into it realized i sucked at math couldn't pass my calculus class didn't literally did not know what i was going to do they were like um if you can't pass this calculus class you have like four more math classes like what are you going to do and i was like i can't i literally cannot do this i don't know what to do and i liked my public speaking courses which made sense because at the time i was racing a bunch still doing interviews which is always something i liked my dad's a used car salesman so i always say that explains a lot of my personality um, so, yep. So, uh, I took some courses, started to pursue what I thought was going to be like public relations communications, but that's not really a thing at Boise state. Like they don't have that really finessed into a course. Um, and got an opportunity to move out to the East coast in 2016, midway through my like junior year. So I was behind a year now cause I switched majors, but, um, was going to do the online thing until I got residency and then I got the job that I would be going to school for. So I had a really hard time actually going back to school. I'm literally, I think six or seven credits away from my actual bachelor's degree. Um, but just how things worked out here with my credit transfer and stuff, I actually never did end up getting my full degree. Um, so that's frustrating. I need to go back and do that. She's basically a statistic that we, you know, try to not, like enlighten on the show no just kidding but you got the job you wanted so it's like yeah yeah no i get that's it. the biggest thing and that's what i always tell people i'm like you know there's stuff that they'll teach you in school that you can't learn anywhere else and you know i think the biggest thing for school too is the connection aspect of it but i like not in racing i i got right in racing i got my job because of my connection with who i was in racing i mean these guys had interviewed me i'd been on the shows so they knew I was knowledgeable, and the first thing I was always taught was, you can teach a person how to TV, but you can't teach a person the passion and the knowledge for race cars. And so I just had to learn how to TV is basically what it came down to. So I had I've, I still want to go back and get it just for the solidity of having it, um, you know. And I will be the first to say I've been turned down jobs because I don't have the degree, not because I'm not experienced and have the capabilities, but simply because I don't have the degree. Um, so I'm gonna go back and get it. So I never did get it. I just have had a hard time justifying it because I would literally be going to school to get the job that I already have. Hey, don't worry. Super it, fun. <laughs> there's a plenty of people that it takes like 10 to 11 years to get their degree. Um, and no, they're not doctors. They are uh, auto collision <laughs> instructors yeah. at a uh, community college level, a.k.a. want to be race car drivers. So, Love it. I mean, it's fine. It, it could take you 20 years. And no one, No one cares. No By case. the time I decide to go back, I'm going to be like, I think I'm going to go to vet tech school or something like that. Like, I'm just going to change complete, complete routes. Yeah. So d- yeah. does that mean we'll have a new podcast that will be hosted by Hannah Newhouse? It'll be vet tech. 
I'll yeah, take care of your dogs. It's 100% a possibility. I'm telling you, you know, that's the fun thing about being 24 is you think you know what you want, but you really don't know what you want. Yeah, so, she'll be hanging out with Steve Irwin's daughter before too long. They'll be doing some vet tech exotic animal There we go. Yes, koalas, koala hang time. <laughs> yeah, she'll be on Animal Planet here in a minute. <laughs> we'll be like, dang, we had her on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when did it happen for you that you realized you wanted to be a media on-air talent? Like, was it an accident? Or was it something where you went, you know what? They're doing it. I can do that. Um, I always enjoyed this side of the racing when I was a driver. I always liked doing the interviews. I liked going to the news stations. Like, I enjoyed being on the other side of it. You know what I mean? So, um, but I never really thought that that was a possibility for me. So, when I moved out here in 2016... Um, I actually had a deal going on with Toyota. I was racing for them out of one of their house cars for the end of the year. We were trying to figure out for something for 2017, but the really fun thing that happens, and I don't know how much it is in other sports, but definitely in NASCAR, is this lovely little age window where like, all of a sudden you're 19 and they're like, oh, you're too old for our development program. And I'm like, what? They're like, oh yeah, you're too, like, you've, you've missed your window. We need to go find the next 15-year-old. And I kind of was there. Like, I was 18, 19 years old. Um, they wanted to move me up. We didn't have the funding, but they didn't want to keep me where I was because I'd already been doing that and was getting too old for it and super late models. So I here I was across the country, had just dropped out of college essentially, was in a lease, didn't really want to like move home and, you know, accept the quote unquote failure, I guess you could say. And so I took a job with speed51.com, which at the time was just primarily short track racing, uh, media coverage is what it was. And I took a job as a writer for them. I also liked writing. I was writing, helping with their marketing. I was helping with, you know, their editing. And it was the most grueling six to eight months of my life that I worked over there because I worked crazy hours, full weekends. I mean, I'd go to the racetrack at Thursday, on Thursday at eight o'clock in the morning, be at a short track till Saturday, drive home Saturday night, get on a plane because I also had a job with Monster at the time fly to the cup race on Sunday, work all day, get home at four o'clock in the morning and go to the office again at eight o'clock on Monday. But they taught me how to do everything. I mean, I can cut and edit. I can shoot all my own stuff. I can go and shoot races. I can do marketing stuff for them. I mean, they taught me how to do everything in six to eight months. And then one day I was sitting there, you know, a couple months into it and he goes, Hey, you want to go do like a stand up? you know, go out there and we'll just send you with a camera and you'll go get the interviews and you know, you'll do an intro and an outro. And I'm like, I don't know how to do any of this. He's like, you'll figure it out. Like, you're you're good. You understand it. You know what you watched. Like, you you know what questions to ask because, you know, you're you aware of it. Internet. Go ahead and you go. You got YouTube. Go ahead and just. Yeah, he's like, you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. And then we can, you know, break it down and go over it when you get back. And then that turned into doing it a couple times. And then that turned into hosting podcasts. And then all of a sudden I was like, hey, wait a second. I, I feel like I'm kind of good at this. And I enjoy it. And I'm hanging out with my race car buddies, talking about race car stuff and getting paid for it. And so shortly after that, I reconnected with the folks over at MRN and it just so happened that they had an opening for NASCAR coast to coast. And, uh, that's my forte, you know, short track racing across the country. And so they were like, we kind of would love to have your insight. Do you want to try out? I was like, sure. I went and auditioned. They gave me, you know, gave me that opportunity. And I was like, Hey, what about that pit reporting thing? Like, that looks kind of cool. 
I really don't know how to do that, but it looks kind of cool. And they were like, I mean, you got to audition. So that January or February, I drove down to Daytona and prepped all these notes. They told me I was, they told me I was auditioning. I love telling the story. They told me I was auditioning during Xfinity practice. Um, early on during Daytona Speed Weeks that week. I show up to the track. I have all these notes prepped. I mean, I am, like, educated, ready to go. Any question they ask me, I'm going to knock it out of the ballpark. And I'm sitting in the trailer, shaking nervous, want to puke. And the producer walks in and goes, hey, um, none of us really want to stay for Xfinity practice since it's after truck qualifying. So we're going to have you go audition during truck qualifying. So that's in about 10 minutes. You think you can be ready? And I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> this is it. Like, this is where I, fl- like, I was going to puke. I was so, so nervous. And of course the audition, they want to see how you are on your feet. So they're throwing me oddballs about that was the first year they had the new OEM motor. They were throwing me, you know, team swaps on how Thor sport left Ford and, or Toyota and was with Ford for the first time. And I mean, thankfully I was relatively educated on it and they're saying, all right, we're going to go down to Hannah. Who's got a driver standing by. I had no one. I walk over and I, poor Grant Enfinger, grabbed him by the collar of his shirt and spun him around. And I was like, like Grant Enfinger down here. And I just went with it. And after that, they were like, all right, cool. You're on. You clearly can deal with our BS. So welcome to the team. And I was like, <laughs> you're in. What just happened? Like, I like I that whole deal was just a blur to me. And so, I mean, that's crazy to think that it was three. I mean, going on three years ago. Um, cause now, you know, I don't even think twice about going and doing a truck race or a cup race or whatever it is on radio. Um, but yeah, total accident. And so I always feel bad when people ask me, they're like, so what, what advice do you have? What route did you take? I'm like, funny story. Yeah. Uh, not a normal one. It was a total accident. <laughs> but I mean, the cool thing about those stories is, you know, a lot of people always say, you know, like all of our parents and, you know, go to college, blah, 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 that, you know, do the right things. And, you know, and us as racers in general like it just doesn't work like that sometimes and people sometimes have to take that leap and they have to just do what makes them happy and at the end of the day you're still educating yourself it just may not be with a degree in marketing or whatever basket weaving like why would you get a degree you know i went to college i have a degree well it's a degree in history when you could have taken those three years or whatever learned so much like you did and you made your own connections, which gave you the job that you always wanted. So I don't necessarily, that's the my, my pet peeve about college is like in general, because I don't, I mean, college can be anything you, you want it to be. Like as long as you're learning and, and bettering yourself, like that's awesome. Like I think yeah. that's killer. And I'm fortunate to work too, like in, in this part of the industry. Um, I always tell people, I don't necessarily have, a, you don't have a resume, you have a film reel. So your film reel doesn't have your college education on it. It has all of your experiences. You take clips from all of your best work. So if you don't have the experience, you can't put together a film reel, and that's what you're sending to people that are hiring you. So that's always one thing like that I've told people that are trying to get into this industry is get as many reps on camera all the time as you can, whether it's going to short tracks, whatever. And that's just something I've learned because no one ever really asks me now for my resume. They ask me for my reel, where my boyfriend, on the other hand, went the polar opposite route of me. He went to Ball State University in Indiana, went to their sports link program, which is a literal specific sports casting program, went through all of that. You know, he's an alumni there. They've got great connections of putting people in, 
you know, roles with the NBA and the NFL. I mean, there's some huge sportscaster names that have come out of the sports link program at Ball State. And then, you know, he ends up with me who I was like, yeah, like, dude, yeah, I, I just really know. I just, I just, I just showed up one day. Like, I don't know it's like, I is. hate you. Yeah. But he's really good at what he does. And I mean, he's natural. You got the natural capability as well. You know what I mean? But there's stuff that he learned at school. Like he can sit down and do some stuff on the laptop or knows, you know, lingo that I'm like, I'm sorry, you're doing, you're doing what? Like what's going on there? And he's like, Oh, well, you know, I learned that here. And I was like, yep. Nope. But I know it now. See how that works. Yeah. yeah. You paid the hundred thousand dollars for that. I got the cliff notes version and I'm still winning. Yep. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Life. Yeah, man. There's a, Roll sometimes. There, there's a significant difference between the foundation, the principles, right? And then the actual application of execution. And yep. that's that, you know, it was funny that you talked about the fact like you have not gotten jobs before or told that you didn't you didn't get this because hey, Hannah, you don't have a degree. Right. And and I understand that from because coming from the military life, as you become you move up the ranks, they tell you it's about the education aspect of it, of being more well-rounded and so forth. And knowing the 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 foundation, the principles, the book stuff is way different over knowing how to apply that. And so the actual execution for you, obviously, Dylan does that because I know I've seen him on Flow Sports and, and so forth, and, he, and he's doing that, right? And, and he's probably going, man, I went through all this, and here she is. She's over here. And, <laughs> and, you know, so I got to think there's probably some tension there from time to time and go, man, I hope I don't have any student loans I got to pay I off say over it here. <laughs> about around the, the 1st or the 15th when that student loan payment's due. Yeah, no, he got lucky, and I know he got, you know, scholarship and fortunately graduated with no student debt. So he got lucky there. Nice. He's good. I was full-ride scholarship when I was at college, oh. too, so none of us have student debt. So we are super, super lucky in that because we do have friends, again, that also went to school for the same thing we are. And uh, they're, you know, around that same time the truck payments do, their student loans also do. And I'm like, we are so fortunate in that aspect that uh, – that we got it again back to my parents so happy that i dropped out of college on a full ride scholarship <laughs> but you know can't live up to it all the time does Amen. that get brought up at holiday dinners hey hannah oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah my mom went to nursing school like way later in life and you know did that whole fun you know middle got teenagers and she's going to college to for nursing school and she was like are you for real like you're really not going to you know go back and i Tried to go back when I was here. I did. I, I promise. I even like went and like did the residency thing to show all that fun jazz. And then by the time it got time to actually sit down and take courses, you know, like the old, like the more, the higher you get in school, your courses are offered less and less. So it's like, okay, you have to take these four courses. And it was like a Tuesday at 9 a.m. and a Saturday at 5 p.m. was the only time this was offered, and it's every other. Yeah, this semester. isn't gonna and work I was with like, my racing schedule. Yeah, I was like, I'm not gonna give up opportunities that's gonna like give me what I'm trying to get to to go back. So, one day, Mark I used to have to word. con all my teachers. Yeah, I had a good relationship. I loved their office hour, and they probably hated me, but <laughs> it worked out, man. That's high school for me. I graduated yeah. a year early because I was like, mm, nope, this isn't gonna work. So I basically went online, like did self-taught. 
the 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 lovely attendance lady i'm pretty sure had my dad on speed oh, dial yeah. because she would call him in high school and be like hi mr newhouse this is so and so with twin falls high school um i'm assuming hannah's out racing again today just wanted to clarify that yep okay great good luck we'll see her on monday and that's literally how it went every single year every i had to go in front of the school board every year to say that i would maintain my grades and my work would be turned in on time and I'd coordinate with my teachers because I was missing enough days that I technically was like would be a forced repeat if I didn't have good grades. They, but, they tried that for me too. Yeah, but I fortunately had good grades because if I didn't have good grades, I didn't get to go racing and that's on strict parents. There you go. <laughs> yep. Well, obviously the strict parents and the good racing got you a little bit further on in the motorsports world you're actually the first person that I'm getting to talk to about the whole drive for diversity, right? So Cam and I are familiar because NHRA has a big push about NHRA being very diverse. We have female racers and African-Americans and Hispanics. You know, we have all of these categories that we're, you know, checking the blocks, right? You know, oh, yeah, we have that. We have that. NASCAR came out with that program for the drive for diversity, and so I'm kind of excited about getting to talk to someone who actually went through it, right, from start to finish. So tell everybody at home what, like, drove you to apply to that and going through the process. What would be one of those don't look behind the curtain expectations that you could share with us in the program? Because you've already said that you came out here with Toyota to North Carolina and so forth early on in your teenage years. Right. And so kind of take us back and, and roll us through that, because we all think that if we can just get that break, it's going to launch our career. And we all say that in drag racing, too. So uh, share that with us a little bit, Hannah. Yeah. So in 2012, um, that was the first year that I you know, really made the full time move to stock cars. I think I was like 14, 15 um, and had won a bunch of races, like almost won the championship, had state rookie of the year. And that was like breaking NASCAR records because I was, you know, a 14-year-old female winning championships. So it was breaking that. So I did get some attention. And I was actually, one of our teams was like, hey, there's this program. You should apply for it. And I was like, yeah, okay. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to get picked. Like, you know, they take like nine kids a year from across the world, literally. They were bringing kids in from Mexico, Europe, Canada those years. And I applied and got picked. And couldn't believe that I got picked. Um, they basically, you know, you send in a huge packet worth of stuff of on-track footage, interviews, photos, references, resumes. I mean, it's it's pretty extensive. And then if you get picked, you go to a combine. I mean, they flew us to, um, or we flew to, man, where was it the first year? Um Langley Speedway out in uh, uh, Hampton, Virginia, and uh, they did a four-day combine where the first day was media training. So they basically stuck you in rooms and did interviews with you, see how you responded to certain things. Um, you did a sim racing, you know, evaluation, which that was at the beginning of iRacing when iRacing really started getting big, big. Um, we were all terrible. I think there was like one kid that was an actual iRacer that was good. Other than that, it was not probably the best score on my sheet um and you did fitness training which to this day still kicks my ass like if i ever wanted to go die in the gym one day i'd probably do that fitness test that they had us do and then they did two days of on-track testing and so you went out there and they had late model stock cars which was a nice little medium for a lot of what us 
you know, we were all driving between super late models. Some people came from Legends, Arca cars. I mean, you name it. That was a good little medium. And you did on-track testing for two days. I mean, they'd basically, uh, you really didn't have your phones or anything like that. They'd throw all of us in the infield with three, four cars. And you take turns. Everyone got a set of tires. And they would clock you. And, you know, they had a, a panel of judges essentially up in the uh, tower that were all NASCAR representatives. And they were making notes, listening to your radio communication, how you communicated, what adjustments you would make. And then they'd put the car back at baseline, send the next kid out. Um, so definitely an interesting process. You know, I think a lot of the stuff, it's hard to judge a person's capabilities on a four day combine at the end of the day. Sorry, but it is. Um, and they know that because sometimes we'd go to the combine and I'd hear these kids that I've never heard of. They'd go and annihilate, you know, race times and were super good and they wouldn't get picked. And you'd be like, what? And so there's a lot of politics, obviously, that still goes on in these race teams. At the end of the day, Can't I don't care what sport it is. Yeah, racing's is politics. And so there are some people that would get picked for this program, and you were like, what in the world? How? And then the results would show that. But then at the same time, there were some people that did get these rides that were entirely deserving, um, showed that they you know, had what it took. They just needed that shot. And I think that diversity program kind of got backburnered a little bit for a couple years, unfortunately, um, when it came to the funding aspect of things, because the equipment kind of went to the wayside, the team kind of went to the wayside. And I think just in the last couple of years, they've really been able to fire it back up, get some good equipment, get some good people in there. The people there are incredible, though. I'm still good friends with a lot of them. Uh, the friends that I made there was super cool. Um, and just to be a part of that. I mean, even now that I'm not a race car driver, I'm still involved with them to some extent, whether it's going in and helping them with things or making sure that I'm, you know, dealing with their drivers. And so the connection aspect of it per everything in, in NASCAR is huge. Um, but it was definitely interesting. You know what I mean? And it's interesting to see, like you said, us have that push versus drag racing. Because like one of my best friends that I grew up with, they drag race. And I remember going to the drag races with them at Vegas every year and there's chicks walking around. There's, it's a family affair. You know, I mean, there's so many people. It like wasn't weird that his sister raced, and I was like, people aren't like, oh my god, your sister races. He's like, no, that's just how it is in drag racing. Like, it's pretty normal. I mean, you know. And then all of a sudden, you get a girl at a racetrack, and it's and it's short track, and it's mind blowing. So, um, it's been interesting to see that that change even more so. Uh, you know, as the years go on in short track racing, I mean, it's still obviously male dominant. We'll probably always be, um, but the diversity is definitely, definitely there. And it's been, it's been a cool program to follow as the years have gone by. So with that being said, in your involvement with the drive for diversity and where you are now, right? So you've already made the statement, you know, when I was a race car driver, now you're a media professional, you're right? You're also a, a significant hustler when it comes to, to putting the cabbage, you know, in your pocket or in the bank account so that you can kind of go do what it is that you're passionate about, right? Which is the, the motorsports, the media side that you're involved with. Um, do you sit back and like look at people or give it Vice that you can is there one person that you can remember you say well i was a race car driver and now i'm not and i think i'm just not going to be involved in motorsports right you're you're significantly involved in motorsports still to this day 
And it looks like that your future is in motorsports, even though you're not holding a steering wheel. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it was a tough decision to come to when it came to that. You know, again, I stumbled upon this this career, um, but the day that I sat down and made the decision of, hey, I'm not probably going to be a race car driver anymore. You know, my dad had always told me, I'll support you until you're not having fun anymore. And when you're not having fun, we're done. Um, and not that I wasn't having fun, but it was getting expensive and fun. And, you know, we both, he wanted me to come home and race another year. And I was like, why? Like, why? You know what I mean? Like, we're not going to, this is not a career anymore. Like, this is not an option. And so when I made that transition, fortunately, everyone there was, they were all super supportive as far as, well, you know, who knows how it's going to work out. She might just, you know, eventually go back to school or whatever. I don't think any of us really saw it taking this course and being serious about it, like it's getting me to where I am. Um, Heather DeBeau, if you know the name, she is a, she's been around for quite a while. She's been a reporter in like the Arco Menard series, the K&N East, K&N West, um, did some American flat track racing um, as far as an announcer, has worked for NBC. She was the reporter for the K&N West series when I was still racing and became one of my really good friends. She's a couple years older than me. And she has been a person that I can call about anything and everything. I'm like, okay, I am going to quit this job, freak out on this producer. What do I do? And she's like, okay, listen, I've dealt with this before. Here's what we're going to do. And so having people like that, that you can kind of get in your side and get in your corner, because it's a cutthroat industry. I mean, like you think it's hard to be a race car driver. There's 50 race car drivers in a single series that hit the racetrack every year or every race. And then, you know, you got four series and that kind of stuff. There's seven people on NASCAR. Seven. And so that's it. That's all they hire for NASCAR. Seven people every single year. So your chances all of a sudden just got a hell of a lot slimmer. And the turnover is nothing. Look at Mike Joy. He's been around forever. So... It got a lot more cutthroat and it got a lot more frustrating real quick. And I laugh at the irony of I got out of being a race car driver because I was tired of sponsorship, you know, being the deciding factor of if I was going to race and if I was going to have a career, I'm literally back in the same spot. Like every year I'm sending film reels. I'm, you know, getting a one year contract here. I'm getting a 10 race contract here. I'm getting, I mean, I piece together my year. Like I'm the freelance world. I literally have a schedule. And I sell my weekends. I'm like, okay, I have this weekend in June open. Who am I going to call to sell that weekend to someone? I mean, it's it's literally the sponsorship game, which has been nice because that hustle was instilled in me as a race car driver. Um, That's the thing. I don't think people realize, like, just racing in general, whether it's drag racing, NASCAR, how much, like, you talked about, oh, you know, it's hard to go home or, you know, do I go home and, like, everybody think, oh, you're a failure because you didn't make it. I don't pe- think people that are outside of this industry or even like being a pro baseball player, whatever sport, being any sort of professional athlete, it's really freaking hard. And I don't think people just like can wrap their head around that unless they live it. And like like you and I are having this conversation. So, you know, Don, we're all having this conversation. We get what you're saying. But the major- like if you went down the street and talked to the lady at the park, you know, with their kid, they're like, huh, what? what, what do you mean? Like they don't it's not even in their world. So I think that's a big issue or hard part. And like you say, I don't want to live off a of sponsorship. Like Don and I, we deal with that all the time. Like a lot of what we do, basically everything we do is based off a of sponsorship. Someone right else's now, money, yeah. Yeah, OPM, other people's money. That's what I call it. And it's, how do you live like that? 
You know, yeah. one minute you're up here, you're riding the high horse, and then literally eight minutes later, you're in the shitter. And it's just like, well, that sucked. Now what? You know, it's very peaks and valleys, and it's it's good that you bring that stuff up because it's not only not but also with the whole industry not just driving like you said you know being a commentator being a reporter being an official or being on tour with the safety safari or whatever like it's a very small world so you know i guess at the end of the day don't burn your bridges because you know your your uh your pool is very small and there's just no job security in there too and that's that's the frustrating part of it is looking at it at 24 years old and being like hmm job security and i'm 24 and eventually you know want to have kids and a family and that kind of stuff and then of course my significant other is also in the industry which is super fun so just double those chances of losing a tv contract or all of a sudden someone you know getting getting cut because of budget cuts and i guess that can happen in anywhere but the one thing that we have collectively figured out is the work ethic within the people of motorsports obviously being my experience i'm sure in other like you said pro sports the work ethic is insane. Like the people that work in motorsports are willing for the most part to do anything. Like they're like, great, sounds good. I'll be an interior guy this year. I mean, I'll go and do, you know, wraps next year. I'll be a hauler driver for a year. I don't care. Like as long as I get to the racetrack, like the work ethic is either completely and literally insane. And they're some of the hardest, most genuine people you'll meet. Or you get the other side of motorsports which are the people that have literally na- like never raised a finger in their entire like life. You know what I mean? The kids that have no concept of reality because, well, they were just handed a ride. Yeah, they and never, happens. they never will though. Yeah. yeah and it happens. Just... So I think a lot of people see, cause those people were usually the people in the spotlight. They, people see those, those kids and those drivers and those people. And they're like, wow, you know what? a they all probably make six figures a year. And it's like, Ooh, no. no, nope, we do not. Sorry about that, friends. <laughs> so how does that, and that's very true. So how does that work for you and your significant other, right? For, so, I mean, do, is Dylan 25? 28. Okay. All right. So you're both. put her on the spot, Don. No, oh, I was trying I to, I was now. trying <laughs> to remember. Well, I, I watched Dylan on his show and, and so when you two sit down, right, it's got to be like some of the same conversations that Cam and his wife have who, you know, his wife works in motorsports. She drives a race car. Cam's a race car driver. And they're sitting over there and they're having those conversations. And, and I mean, of us here on the show, I'll throw myself out there. I'm the oldest, right? And so I think about, right, how much longer am I going to do this? I think like, about that all the time, dude. I got two kids now. So it's like, right. you, what's the risk versus the reward? The biggest thing, like when I, dude, I'm going 300 and some odd miles an hour. So, what? I mean, there's a risk factor there. I mean, if something happens to me, like, what's my right. wife and two kids going to do? So there's exactly. a lot of that. There's a lot of that involved. But now you and I were much older than Hannah at her point in her career. So I, I'm curious. She's like, yeah, like it looks like he's 17. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, so look, Hannah. Just side note: if you and Dylan get bored, just pull up Jack Frost. You can watch it. You'll see Cameron on there. That's his claim <laughs> to fame. He was in Jack Frost. He enjoys his royalty checks every quarter. Moving right along. I do along. enjoy that. <laughs> so, like, how does that work for you at this point? You've talked about the grind that you do. You bartend. You're doing paint and detail. You're you're selling your weekends off for all these different organizations 
to, to be out there and doing this, obviously that you're passionate about, but how far is your passion cup loaded up and how far is it going to take you? Yeah. It, it gets frustrating, you know what I mean? Like to be totally honest with you, and this is the side that again a lot of people don't don't see and don't realize. They see us on TV and assume we make six figures, and that's not the case in any way, shape, or form. And Dylan talks me off of a cliff more often than not because he gets it and he's been there. Um, you know, we're fortunate that he's a little bit more secure than I am. He's got a great relationship with the folks at NBC. They really like him. You know, they've you know verbally communicated that they see a future with him at the network which is awesome, but TV contracts end in four years, three years. Who knows what that means? So, you know, we had that conversation today because I felt like I busted my ass over the off season over last year with, you know, COVID and doing everything that I could to be involved in everything, helping everyone, you know, went out of my way to make connections and felt like this next year for me was going to be a a breakthrough year. I mean, I felt like I'd made the connections that I needed to with people and nothing panned out, not a single thing. And I was like, how, how, how much longer can I do this? You know what I mean? And again, I'm fortunate that right now it's just him and I, like there's no kids involved, anything like that. And that's kind of been the thing that's kind of kept me going is I can paint right now, two days a week. That's literally what pays my bills. My other income is fortunately for whatever else we need. Um, and, and so he has to talk me off of a ledge more often than not where it's like the passion is there, but at what point do you have to grab a hold of reality and be like, okay, like, come on, you got to sit down and think about this. You know, I've, I mean, I've got friends that are in the industry that have been doing what I am doing for 25 years. I'm like, at what point did you not stop and think to yourself like, Hey, maybe this is not going to work out and to each their own. Like the passion is there. I would do this forever if I could, but it's not at that point anymore. Like it's a monetary issue. And that's what it comes down to is I can afford to live like this right now, five, six, seven years down the road with two kids. I cannot afford to do this. I cannot afford the travel versus the pay, you know, versus the, the insecurity that comes with the industry and then throw Dylan on top of it too, that he's going to be involved in the same industry with the same insecurities. So, you know, we insert college professor. <laughs> yeah, I, so just, I, I know I know exactly what you're preaching because I go I have two kids and married I, I understand like it's that's the biggest part that people don't understand you know I mean we got a mortgage we got all these things that the train keeps rolling down right on down the track whether yeah it don't leave you yeah it'll leave you that's for sure and so it's you just gotta you do it till you till you just till you can't yeah, yeah. we that's, we you know my and we joked about this at the beginning of the show or, but you know, my passion probably outside of racing is, is dogs and animals. Like my heart for them is beyond all else. I mean, it's, we rescue dogs. We foster them all the time. I'm involved with all sorts of anything that I can get involved with, with dogs. I, I love it. And so, I mean, I've in the last couple of years really thought about, okay, if I were to be done with NASCAR, with motorsports, I don't think that I could, find a different role. You know, there's a lot of people that don't make it on TV and they absorb themselves into a role as a producer or an editor or a writer. And I think I'm so passionate about where I want to go. And this would be my second time absorbing into the motorsports world that I think I'd be bitter. So it's like, I didn't make it as a driver. So I absorbed myself into the secondary role of on air and talent and reporter. I don't think I could absorb a third time 
I think I'd have to just be like, okay, make peace with it, move on. Wow. And so I've looked at, you know, vet tech school. We joked about it, but I've looked at being a vet tech. Uh, my dream job outside of obviously being a NASCAR reporter or a sports reporter um, is I really want to open a dog bar. And I don't know if you guys have them there, but we have them here. It's a literal bar that has a huge play area for dogs and people bring their dogs and basically get drunk. And it's awesome. It's dog daycare. They've got boarding, they've got grooming. And I used to work, I used to bartend there when I first moved here, which is where I found it. And so my, my five to 10 year plan is I'm, we're probably going to move back to Indianapolis and I, in the Carmel Fishers area where I'm going to open a dog bar. There you go. You heard it here. See, there's all <laughs> kinds of breaking news that happens on racers and rental cars. So you heard Love it here it. first, folks. Well, that's pretty funny. I, I, I mean, she just cut me off at the knees because that I was going down the the avenue to ask you the question of saying, okay, can you see yourself based on all of the experience that you have went through, right, at, at all the different levels from the driver through the PR, the sponsorship side team management, all of those things, obviously pulling from your significant other and Dylan and all of the, the connections, right? All of this big old pot of stew of experience that you've got. Could you see yourself being into a role of a leadership or into some sort of other administrative or executive role inside of a race team for future development to spot people or things of that nature? And you just Jumped right. Nope. Um, if I can't be in front of the camera and on air, I'm out of here. I'm going to go walk a dog. I mean, you went right there. Uh, so, I mean, is that just something that just doesn't appeal to you? Just doesn't tweak your interests at all? I mean, I think it does appeal to me. Like, at the end of the day, motorsports is first and foremost my passion. Like, I would love to... I, I would love to be an editor, a creative content director, or, you know, go work at race shops. But the industry is not, it applies not only to the on-air industry, but the industry as a whole, there's no job security in it. And I'm, it's just what it is. And so I think, again, I, my frustration with not being able to be a race car driver with, you know, issues that are outside of my own control. And then same thing with trying to be on-air, that it's like I'm being denied the position for reasons that you can't comprehend kind of a thing. You're like, this makes right. no logical sense to me. So then to put myself in that a third time, it's like at that point, I just, I think the thing I crave is control over my own career. And that's not something I've ever had. And so it's like, I think I would like to put myself in a position eventually to where I could control to some aspect my own career. And I don't think you can do that in motorsports. Uh, yeah, that's I don't not think you can do that happen. in professional sports. Like, it's just, in a there's just so world. much. <laughs> right. There's in the professional world like this, you do not have control over your own career. And it's like, I think I just crave that. Like, I think I've just dealt with that so much in my life with, racing and then doing this that I think I would just, you know, I would still be involved through Dylan. Hopefully Dylan is still doing it. You know, we hope to have kids and put them in go-karts and try that whole shebang one day. So I wouldn't be obviously eliminating myself from, from the sport as a whole, but I'd be like, okay, what is next? Like Turn on the, the next thing on the list. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's, I, I mean, and you're absolutely right. There's you legitimately have zero control. I mean, control is an illusion, right? That's something that's taught to me in the military, and, and I get it, you know, because we are, you are, you're dependent upon so many other people, right? I mean, you could even look at it from the standpoint, you're dependent upon your producer and your director and your content creator and your, you know, your success 
is dependent upon them. You know, you're in research or whatever, but you still have a dependency factor. Cam has it. I have it. I, yeah, it's, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's something that's possible. I, I mean, if somebody, if somebody out there has it in their mind that they feel like they have control over their career in motorsports, please do me a favor. Drop me a hate mail at yeah. hate mail on racers and rentals cars. <laughs> Let us know. Cause I'd really like to hear about it. Cause and I mean, Cam, yeah, what do we got I, between us? Like 40 years. Apply. Yeah. I mean, well, you me know hit. how those uh, COVID uh, contract clauses are, you know, for those five-year, ten-year deals that you allegedly have. Right. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. Act of well, hey, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Act of Mother Nature. Mother Nature gets a big clause for sure. Tree, tree uh, fell on, tree on my on my career. Tree fell on my career. I stepped in a mud hole and couldn't come back from it. Uh, well, Hannah, we don't want to hold you up on the show. Uh, big night. I know you're busy. NASCAR World, Daytona Speed Weeks going on, so we're not going to hold you up. But before you go, got three things that you have to go through. Uh, first, first and foremost, tell everybody that wants to find out about how to be a media professional and follow Hannah Newhouse, and you noticed that we didn't even talk about Riley. Uh, somebody will have to go YouTube that. Uh, so if you're a listener, YouTube, Hannah Newhouse, Riley Herbs, then you can send us hate mail at hate mail at racersandrentalcars.com. We'll talk about it on air. We're not going to go there. But Hannah, tell everybody where they need to follow you at. Yeah, I'm probably most active on my Instagram and my Twitter, which are both just at Hannah Newhouse. Um, if you like dogs, that's probably the primary spot for my Instagram because that's all I do is post about my dog, Janet, um, who is in timeout at the moment. And, uh, in Twitter, I'm usually, I don't know, starting shit on Twitter. I'm in a good way. I'm not one of those people. I'm not a Twitter troll. I hate those people. Those people get blocked, but, um, yeah, so both at Hannah Newhouse there. And then of course my website, if you're just looking for, um, anything else there, it's just hannahnewhouse.com. Um, that's usually what I just use kind of for a resume aspect of things, but, I uh, got a lot of interesting information on there, including stuff on my touch-up and detail paint, too. So I've um, got a lot of stuff on there as well. Um, but, yeah, that's, I mean, my eh, my Facebook is usually just stuff I post to show my mom. <laughs> so I <laughs> wouldn't even advise that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> exactly alright well on your way out all of our guests have to answer two questions you get to send one Christmas card to anybody in motorsports I'll get that out there motorsports alive or dead you get to pick one person to send a Christmas card to who are you sending it to um probably Janet Guthrie because she was a badass she was super cool that documentary on her is awesome I, I was going to say I was going to say Lynn St. James but I actually know Lynn St. James, so I would probably actually send her a Christmas card. So we'll go with Janet Guthrie. <laughs> well, that is a first for the podcast in Janet Guthrie getting a Christmas card. All right, I will add her name to the list. The last question, and this is the one we always have the most fun with. You get to send one WTF card to anybody in motorsports. Who are you sending it to? <laughs> I don't even know if I can say this one, so I'm not going to. Oh, absolutely. Trust, Hannah, no I promise you, anyway, this so is not door. This is, yeah, this is not door bumper clear. Nobody's listening to us. Well, there's a couple of drivers I would probably send one to, but I can't. Send um, them up. Let's set them up. Set them up. There's probably a couple cup drivers that I'd send them to. So we'll just like generically post it at that because oh. it's super fun to interview. 
Otherwise, you can do initials. That's a dead giveaway. <laughs> dead giveaway. Man, I'm trying to think how it send a WTF card to here. Um, man, who's pissed me off recently? My landlord. <laughs> <laughs> Is your landlord in motorsports? <laughs> it's no. got to be somebody in motorsports. Oh, someone in motorsports. Okay. Um, you know what? I'll send a WTF to old freaking Brett Griffin and Freddie Kraft because on my birthday last Thursday, they told everyone I turned 30. So I had about 350 people send me messages all day long telling me happy 30th, congrats, dirty 30. I'm like, you assholes. I'm six years younger than that. It's like not even that I'm close. I'm six years younger than that, and now everyone thinks I'm 30. So... I'm hoping that I either look good for 30 or now they're going to be like, wow, she looks old for 24. I'm like, thanks, guys. (laughs) I do remember that. It came up in my feed and I went, you obviously coming on the show. I was like, she's not 30. I was like, man, Brett, Freddie, you guys are getting blocked. (laughs) They're so rude. Uh, They're so funny. uh, They're so rude. (laughs) Well, well, Hannah – Thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope that everybody got a little something out of you. You're the first person that we've had on the show that came into the world of motorsports, kicked the door down, was was trying to make it, and then decided, okay, I'm going to go do something else in motorsports. Uh, and and you're to- it, you know, we're obviously not on YouTube, so no one can see your smiling face, but you've had a smile the entire time through the podcast. We, we can feel the passion and see that you're happy about being a media professional in the world of motorsports. And hopefully this uh, time with Cam and I will get you a few more followers and people interested. And if nothing else, we're going to hit you up when we come to Charlotte to Z-Max. And who knows, maybe you won't be on the road and you can stop by and we can have a uh, cold beverage and let the dogs play together. Yeah, please do. Definitely give me a call. And especially anyone that listens, if you get to a racetrack this year, like they said, you literally don't know what racetrack I'm going to show up to. It could be a dirt track in Oklahoma. Um, I actually, wait a second. I am working some NHRA races this year. Let's add to the hustle list here for a second. The Dodge experience, you know? Yes. Yeah, I'm working for Dodge this year. I'm emceeing a bunch of their events. I don't know which ones I'm working at. I was supposed to go to Fort Lauderdale but I'm not going to that now. So I need to get with them. Actually, that's a good little reminder. I need to get with them this week because I'm going to go work for Dodge Racing Experience, I think like five or six weekends this year. So, well, there you go. Race too. There's that. There we go. Well, that'll work, which means she'll be hanging out with Leah Pruitt and current NHRA world champion Matt Hagen in a funny car. Well, welcome to the Camping World Series there, Hannah. We will look forward to seeing you at... The quarter mile, or well, quarter mile for me, hey, thousand foot for Take Cam. it easy, bro. <clears throat> just saying. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. Just saying. But, Hannah, thank you again very much. We appreciate it. You're welcome yeah, no back problem. anytime you want to come hang out with us. We will, we will take you just into the you, show and we'll t- release your Animal Planet documentary series. Um, just let us be the ones that release it for the first time. Perfect. So. That's a deal. Yeah. That'll Not work. Yet. That'll work. Hannah, thanks so much. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank Thank you, Hannah. Dude, Cam, I like having people on that make the – I mean, they make the trek. You know, and again, we've we've had shows. Yeah, we've talked about forced retirement 
and things of that nature. And I mean, not saying that she retired from racing, but she said she quit being a driver and she's making her own way. And we've talked about it. What's cool though is like she knew when to fold them, and and great for her. You know, there's a lot of people out there that that can't that have that struggle within their inner self. I have it a lot. I'm sure you have it a lot. Like when when's the time? You know what I mean? Like I have it probably on the daily. <laughs> but like when do you just say, you know what? I I've had some success. I you know, I made it to the point to you know, where most people don't get to make it or get to feel what you feel and but you know, and you gotta be real with yourself sometimes. So that's really cool that, you know, she's and she's open to talk about it, which is cool. So Good for her, and I, I wish her uh, nothing but the best with uh, all of her her hosting gigs. That's a, that's a good that's a cool job too. I mean, coming from that world a little bit when I was a kid, uh, it's it's cool. It's a cool experience, and you get to live it and breathe it, and and still be in, involved in motorsports, but you just don't have all the stresses of sponsorship. But it sounds like there's news that's there's certain stresses that <laughs> that are put into the mix for that. But you know, it's all good. So, oh, she was super cool. Good yeah, job, Don. Most, Good job. Oh, thank you. Thank out. you. Appreciate, appreciate it. I thought, I mean, she really does. She has an interesting just background to her of everything that she's going through to, to continue to be involved in the sport, uh, the world of motorsports. And I think that's that was a big, big thing that was attractive to me is that she could have, you know, obviously just kicked the can and said, okay, I'm out of here. I'm just going to go do something else. But she's grinded away and continued on. And so we I like the perseverance. Yeah, we did. I, I saw that and uh, we're uh, going to be tough for me to get to that. Tough for us to get to that on this episode. So next week, we're going to have a shortened episode between you and I because I'm going to be traveling. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And so next week is going to be hate mail only. That's what we're going to talk Ooh. about next week. So get get in your questions, comments, and concerns now, people. Yes, hate yes, mail because at racers and rentalcars dot com. Yes, next week will be hate mail only because I will be traveling, so it will be. So does I will that mean that gets, Does that mean that everybody gets the Manscaped moment of the week next week? Whoever absolutely sends, uh, sends hate mail at racers and rentalcars dot com. <laughs> For sure, yes. And we cannot. It's Valentine's Day weekend. I hope that everybody took advantage Get of Manscaped.com. Get them cleaned up. Hope that you enjoyed yourself, made yourself look good. And if you screwed it up and you're not ready for Valentine's Day weekend and she gives you a chance for a do-over, please go use RIRC on the perfect package at Manscaped.com. Pick it up. Lawnmower 3.0. Drawers. Crop mops. I mean, they load you up. Get it in a bag and get yourself ready. It's Valentine's Day. Like, man, I hope you guys took advantage of it. Don't let your significant other down. Just don't. Don't let it happen. Do not let it happen. R-I-R-C. Manscaped.com. All right, Cam. Dude. Missed you the past couple weeks. We've had some pretty know, good I'm interviews. Happy to be back. Yeah, good job. Um, on uh, during my hiatus, you had some pretty cool guests. And uh, dude, I don't know what you got flying around over there, but you got some sort of very large 
um, pterodactyl just flying around. And- <laughs> he is huge. I don't <laughs> know what to, he's doing. You have to lasso that just, thing and put a saddle on him. Yeah. He just riding but, around for sure. You know, okay, so I got to describe this to everybody. So Don's got this, you know, all new like media center set up going on in his in his little orifice he's got here now. Um, he's got this cool guy background that says, welcome to the show. I really think you need to change it to welcome to the shit show instead of just the show. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Um, that's my recommendation number one for you. Um, and recommendation number two is to... Uh, Go to racersandrentalcars.com and buy a hoodie of T-shirt or anything uh, in regards to our podcast. And while you're there, if you'd like, there's some new merch on there for the Top Fuel Cam T-shirt that everybody kept asking for. So we finally got it done. So check it out. I uh, commandeered the Racers and Rental Cars website to get it sold. So um, Yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> we, need, we need to get your stuff on there. If you're if you're lucky, I'll I'll put it on there. If, if I'm lucky, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing better than waking up to my social media feed uh, for the website, and it is nothing but camphorae, little kids, girls wearing hoodies. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what the heck is going on with our website? Going straight to the top. I guess going straight no, to the top. No, but while you're there, make sure you click on some of our links on there for K and N filters uh they got a lot of really cool stuff for your house your race car your street car pretty much anything out there um you know they do a lot of really really cool stuff over at k and engineering so make sure you check them out aside from them uh you always want to uh hit up cbd md for all of your uh medicinal needs um non-thc version um for any sort of joint pain back pain wrist pain like i got anxieties whatever you want to call it and be sure to use the RIRC promo code. Get yourself 20% off over at CBDMD.com. And then after you take it, you probably want to be sitting on the couch, maybe eat some Cheetos or something and watch Flow Sports. Make sure you to dial on there, download the Flow Sports app. A lot of racing cool content on there. And also hit up our boy Alex Stryler. He's got a lot of really cool stuff going on. Um, yeah. Is his sponsorship thing still going for uh, the free Free stuff? Yes. Yes. Till the end of the month. Till the end of the month. So, yep. Stop over to his website. Sign up for that. And I don't know if you knew this or not because, you know, you've been gone for a while. Now, you've been kind of busy changing diapers and making formula bottles and all that other stuff. But uh, we have to give another shout out this week. Thank you very much to NGK Spark Plugs for coming on to the Racers and Rental Cars podcast. Greatly appreciate that. And that being said, rate, review, subscribe. We need some new reviews, folks. So please stop by, drop those five stars. Or heck, give me a one star and tell me why. But you better send me a hate mail at racersandrentalcars.com, iTunes, yeah, so then Spotify. Next week. That's it. You want to get roasted? Drop that hate mail at racersandrentalcars.com. Greatly appreciate it. Cam, I'm going to pack, watch some NASCAR racing. And hopefully next week when I'm talking to you, it's going to be, I'll be drinking a little fruity drink with an umbrella in it. And no, it will not be a White Claw. But nonetheless. I'll send you a White Claw. I bet you Gronkowski and Tom Brady, they probably have a couple left over from, you know, you're going to Florida, right? So Yes, yeah. I am. So, so yes. just uh, just hit them up. I'm sure they got a few extras. Cause I'll, I'll send Gronk a text and see if he'll drop it off their longboat key and, and uh, leave some on the doorstep for me. Yeah, the boy. 
All right, dude. See you next week. All right, man. See y'all. Thank you for downloading this episode of Racers and Rental Cars. This episode has been brought to you in part by Streetway Marketing and Media, Voice America, for all of your podcasting needs, K&N Air Filters, Manscaped.com, CBDMD, Motion Raceworks, and LB Trailer Sales. Be sure to use the RIRC promo code at any of the listed sponsors. We appre- they appreciate your business, and we'll see you next week.